The Traveler's Guide to Life, Tips for Fulfilling Life Now Until the End of the Journey. Season 2, Learning to Drive Again. Episode 7, First Aid Kit. In the face of all kinds of loss, how do you heal yourself so you can better care for others? Today, we're here with Kate Favreau, Hospice Bereavement Coordinator, to talk about grief and loss. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. First, I love that this episode alludes to all kinds of loss. Uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that loss is everywhere and it's going to look different for everyone. So I'm going to ask you some questions about um, grief and loss. So beyond the traditional losses, like losing a person due to death, what other losses should we be aware of um, and allow ourselves to grieve? So loss is anything, right? Loss is a big change. So a divorce, um, experiencing a miscarriage, losing a job, uh, your children going off to college, uh, your pet dying, those are all different types of losses. They're all valid, um, and you are entitled to grieve each and every one of them. It's just going to change the circumstances under which you're driving. So do you think um, COVID... Um, we experienced a lot of losses that we maybe didn't really recognize as loss. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You lost the normal pace of everyday life. Um, you lost some vacations that you had had planned. Your kiddos lost the routine of school days. Right. So we've been we've been in loss for a while now. Yeah, um, we have. And I think people are kind of sick of it yep. and ready to move on. Did we ever go back to where we were before? I don't think so. I think when it's a loss of either the magnitude of COVID or, you know, a traditional loss of death, you're not going to go back to before. You're going to go into something that is similar, but it's going to be forever changed because of what you lost. Right. Um, doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just different and you have to adapt to it. And do you hear as the um, hospice bereavement coordinator how people really want to go back to the way it was? I want to go back to normal. I do. I hear normal a lot. And your normal is going to emerge. You're going to find new routines, but it's never going to be the same. And do you think people kind of spin in that, wanting that just to go back to normal and not recognize that the normal is emerging now? without that person. Yes, I think they spin their wheels, they kind of get stuck in, I really liked the way my normal was, that person was a big part of it, those routines were a big part of things, I don't really want to figure out how to do it a different way. Um, but over time, the grief does dissipate and they are able to integrate into a new normal, uh, but it's not easy. No, it's not at all. Um, does grief look the same for everyone, do you think? Absolutely not. Um, I think that even if you and someone else are grieving the same person, so your mom, for example, if you and a sibling are grieving the death of your mom, that's going to look entirely different for the both of you. Um, 
sometimes you get your Hollywood grievers. These are your people that you take one look at and you're like, oh, you're going through it. They're crying. They're wanting to talk about their person all the time. They're looking at the pictures. And that's what helps them feel better. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, you have your grievers that just want to do it quietly. And they don't want to talk about their person. And they don't want to reminisce. Maybe they go hang out in the garden for hours on end. And although you don't know it, they're thinking about that person the whole time. Uh, they might be keeping a journal that you never have access to. Just because your grief does not look like their grief or vice versa does not mean that they are not grieving. Uh, It can be very confusing when people don't grieve the way that we think they should, Um, but it's not going to look the same for everyone, even if you're grieving the same person. Right. And everyone does think that there's only one way to grieve a loss. Um, I know in my own grief um, counseling experience, it's helping people to understand that, yes, you may be bright, bold technicolors, um, but this person is more muted pastels, and it's very different for them. And I think when people understand that, there is like that light bulb goes off. Oh, so they really are grieving. Oh, yes, they are, just differently. Yes, The light bulb moment is fantastic. It is, and it's fabulous to to witness. Um, Why do we pigeonhole um, the bereaved into a specific way of doing this? I think because it gives us a template for what it's going to look like when we have to go through it, Um, even though that template is going to be wrong. (laughs) Right. It gives us some sort of blueprint, something to look at and say, okay, when this horrible, awful thing happens to me, this is what it's going to look like. I've seen other people do it. I can probably do it. Unfortunately, what happens is that in pigeonholing the bereaved in their own little world, you're not able to learn from them and their grief response. So you've kind of set yourself up to fail at first because you are trying to live up to what their grief looked like and yours isn't going to look like that right and why do we do that do we you know we tend to want to shut people down um you know my my mom um died two weeks ago and my family's saying i need grief counseling and for us at hospice that's good that they think that however we're not going to talk to you for how long Usually a a month, 45 days, uh, a really, you need a while, a few weeks to just feel like crap, right? right? That is your job. You just lost someone. You you just need to sit and feel like crap. Um, You're probably not ready to talk about those feelings. Uh, Again, fantastic. Your family thinks that you need to. Uh, This is your grief, not theirs. Right. And how do, how can the bereaved help people to understand that? Sometimes I think that they've they're put in that position that they have to educate. Okay, that's all well and good what you think. Here's the reality, um, and you know what is it that um, they need to tell those around them? It is very true that the bereaved, unfortunately, are also the educators <laughs> once mm-hmm. someone dies. Um, for them to be able to educate the people in their lives on how they need support is not an easy task, but it's what's going to help their grief be a little easier to navigate. 
Um, so it truly is, if you are sick and tired of hearing someone say to you, oh, I know this is so hard for you, but they're in a better place, you have every right to tell that person, please don't say that to me anymore. Right. If someone is disenfranchising your grief, you know, you didn't really know that person that long. It's not that big a deal. You were just friends. You have every right to tell that person, we were friends. They're gone. I still get to be sad. Right. Um, you are able to educate people. It is unfortunate that we have to. But <laughs> Why do you think we don't talk about this? About grief? Yeah. Oh, because then we have to admit it's going to happen to us someday. And even though we have these Hollywood templates, we have also seen the non-Hollywood grief side. Um, so if, if we talk about it, there is, I think there's a pretty common superstition that if you talk about death or grief, it's going to have, you've invited it into your life. Um, that's not true. At all. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but talking about it, I think... A, it makes you realize it's going to impact you and someday. B, a lot of people are afraid they're going to say the wrong thing, <laughs> which if you're trying to support a griever, you 100% at some point are going to say the wrong thing. Right. Apologize and move forward. Right. Um, and I think C, the reason people don't talk about it is because they don't know what to say and they're afraid that they're going to make the person sad. Right. So I'm not going to acknowledge that your cat died because, you know, I know that she was really close to that cat. And it's like, no, that's really what they want. Um, they want to talk about them. And I think um, anytime, and I've, I've in running groups um, with bereaved individuals, it's telling them if anybody's coming up to you and saying, I know exactly what you need to do, um, and this is what you're going to do, and you're going to be fine. Um, you thank them and for their concern and you immediately walk away because nobody should be telling you what it is exactly that you need to do because that's your journey is finding out what's going to work for you. Absolutely. Thank you for your suggestion. It's not helpful. <laughs> and move along. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so what are the best ways to cope with grief, do you think? I think um, the best way is to recognize right at the outset that there is no one-size-fits-all approach. Um, I hate to be that person, but I'm going to burst a lot of bubbles and tell you there are no stages, um, there are no steps that you go through to get to where you need to be. Um, I encourage people that I work with to think of other times in their life when they were very sad, when they were experiencing heartbreak, anxiety, fear while recognizing that currently their grief is probably tenfold more intense than those were, what worked for you then? Try some of the stuff that's worked in the past. Um, it may not work in this case, that's okay, but try it. Uh, maybe you do take a suggestion from someone who tells you, I did this, you should do that. And the other thing is, you know, really, truly, any coping skill that's not hurting yourself or anyone else is a valid coping skill. If you're turning to drugs or alcohol, that's not effective. If you're intentionally lashing out and saying hurtful things to other people, that's not effective. But if what works for you is crying for an hour, that's great. If what works for you is sitting in your car and screaming, also okay. I prefer to do it on a dead-end road so that I don't have any witnesses, but very cathartic. Um, and I did speak with a woman who had given me a really great idea, and I, I do encourage especially readers to do it. Uh, she 
gathered up a bunch of biographies and autobiographies of people that she admired and looked up to, and she read through them and focused on the parts where the person was talking about their grief and loss. And she pulled directly from people she already saw as role models. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. Is Is the goal here for them to get over this? Absolutely not. You're not going to get over it. I don't care if it was your spouse of 82 years. I don't care if it was your sister. I don't care if it was your cat. (laughs) You're not going to get over it. You are going to um, move through it. You're going to adjust to a world without that being in it, but you're not going to get over it. No. And yet, what do we tell the bereaved all the time? You just need to stop thinking about it and, and forget about it and you'll, and just get over it. Yeah. yeah, those are fighting words for some people. They are. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that we want to hear. Um, what should those supporting um, people who are grieving, what should they know? How should they approach? Because they do want to help. They just struggle with how to help. Oh, absolutely. I think the first thing is to recognize that any loss is a loss. So while you maybe weren't taking a day or two off work when your cat died, I am definitely (laughs) taking at least two days off work. Um, It's also important for those trying to support grievers to recognize that just because they're not crying on your shoulder does not mean they're not grieving. Um, I have found that it's very helpful to it's hard to make choices, right, when we're grieving and there's, you know, all the options. And I, I think it's unhelpful for people to just be like, how can I help you? What can I do for you? As a bereaved person, you may not know the answer to that question. Right. Um, I encourage people to offer specific tasks. Uh, let me do the dishes for you. I'm going to walk the dog. Let me do a load of laundry. Uh, specific, tangible things. I also uh, encourage people to never ask the bereaved person how they're doing if you do not truly have an hour to sit down and listen to how they're doing. Do not ask that question and not give them your full attention afterwards. Uh, And I do know, I mean, food is a big comfort thing. uh, And a lot of times, you know, there's a whole casserole meal train set up. I did learn from a gentleman who um, his spouse had died and everyone brought food, right? Because that's what you do. And he was very thankful for that, but a lot of it went to waste. And he told me that the best thing anyone did for him was anonymously drop a box of paper plates and disposable silverware at his doorstep. Cool. He was so sick of doing dishes and had all this food. And that was the perfect thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what else do you want people to know about supporting somebody who's grieving? I think a lot of people think it's complicated. Um, and I know my time in doing um, uh, grief work, I found that simply listening and not saying really anything, just allowing them to talk, um, they thought we were amazing. <gasps> you helped so much. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't say anything. And that's what people need. What have you found to be really helpful? Absolutely. It is just listening. It is being the objective third party who listens to the stories and who doesn't tell the person, no, I don't think you're crazy that you're talking to their picture every night. Um, It's giving the person a third party to say, 
I'm really mad, but I can't tell anybody because they didn't know X, Y, or Z. It is just a set of ears and an educated individual that gets to look at them and validate their feelings. And that is one of the most rewarding parts of my job. And I think it is also one of the things that benefits the bereaved so much. Absolutely. Just having someone to say, that's okay. It's normal. Nothing you have said to me has raised any red flags. Right. Because so they hear so often, wow, you really need to get help for this. Yeah. Um, and they're just looking to tell their story. And isn't it very common for people who are grieving to tell the story over and over again and then labeled, wow, they tell that story every time I talk to them. Yeah. They, they keep talking about it. They keep bringing it up. They must not be, quote, over it. They, that's how they grieve. They want to tell you about their person. They love them. Right. They want to talk about them. Right. And they will grieve for them until the end of their life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been great. And it's a, certainly a subject close to my heart because I've, been, I've done it for a long time. Um, so thanks to the Potsdam Public Library for use of the podcasting studio. Um, check out our website, um, uh, our hospice website. We have a wealth of grief information on there um, for both children, um, schools, and for adults. We have some really um, what we believe to be fabulous TED Talks that we've learned a lot from and supporting people who are grieving. Um, and the website is www.hospicesLV.org. This is Mary Jones and today's guest speaker, Kate Favreau. From the Traveler's Guide to Life, we'll see you on the road. <laughs>